1: plushcare.com slash weight loss.
2: Hey, this is Coco, and you're listening to Conversations with Coco and Friends. Zuri Hall is a girl's girl through and through. Over and over again, we are shocked by our guests because you would think that people from L.A. are so self-absorbed and total jerks, but no jerks here. Zuri is not only at the top of her game at Access Hollywood, she's out there trying to send the elevator back down for all those women out there aspiring to follow in her footsteps. Cleo is good friends with Zuri, but the instant I met her, I felt like I had known her for decades. She has this easy and open way about her, and I just know you're going to love her and this episode. So friends, we are so excited to be in conversation and share this conversation with you. Today we're talking to Zuri Hall. So we are sitting
0: down with my dear friend, the original OG alpha babe herself, Zuri Hall. She is an Emmy award-winning TV host, actress, writer, who currently serves up a personality packed with energy. She's a little saucy and we like it. (laughs) (laughs) And insight all across uh, Access Hollywood, formerly E! News, Mm -hmm. NBC's American Ninja Warrior, Um, So Zuri,
1: thanks for taking the time to
0: come hang out with us. Thanks for
1: hanging out with me. I want champagne now oh, after no. the last—I heard there was champagne at the last episode. Lessons <laughs> learned time, for next our next
0: podcast. We're know. not coming without drinks.
3: <laughs> we'll, um, we'll be back here. First. Okay, so, good, good, so good.
1: We'll do I'll hold you to that.
3: Um, I guess we can start with how you got the role that you're in today. Was hosting something that you've always been interested in?
1: Yeah. So I'd always been interested in performing, and acting was my first love. I grew up on the stage. I, my first— theatrical production. I was probably five, and we're talking like outside of school. So like actively involved in community theater and group organizations, doing improv and um, acting classes on the weekends. So that was my passion. So I knew I wanted to be on the stage or the screen, and I thought that would probably be it. I also had a really intense passion for music. So I was singing and songwriting uh, throughout most of high school, all of college. And um Yeah, maybe a year or two after college, still, like, dabbling in it. Um, And so I knew entertainment was the goal. Mm. But I never really looked at hosting as a line of work. Like, I just never thought of that as a a job, title, which is so interesting now because I feel like— everyone wants to be a host or trying to be a host or has hosted a thing. And I'm like, how did I not see this all around me for all these years? Um, But I actually was about to graduate from Ohio State, the Ohio State University. Did you grow up in Ohio? I did. Born and raised in Toledo. Went to Ohio State. So that was in Columbus. And then I was about to graduate. Didn't know what was next. Knew I wanted to be in LA or New York. um, Wanted to be on screen. And I was actually working a desk job, a work-study position um, for the campus psychiatry offices for the students. And I'm um, just like fiddling away online, looking for a job, looking Craig's <laughs> listing it up, just like weird stuff to like try to get work. And I stumbled across this online posting that was like, do you wanna be the face of my indie TV? And I was like, I have no idea what my indie TV is, but I wanna be the face of it, <laughs> yeah. especially if it's paid, cause I'm about to graduate in two months. So I looked it up and basically you had to go to Indianapolis and you could try out to be the face of this local TV station. And it basically meant like going out and covering parades and local community events and covering the mayor's event and um, just doing things on behalf of the TV station. It was like a fun fluff lifestyle gig. It was part-time and I was like, heck yes. (laughs) Um, So my boss was super supportive. She let me call off work the next day because the audition was the next day. I just stumbled into this posting and I hopped in my little 99 Ford Taurus hoopty. (laughs) No air conditioning. It was hot as hell (laughs) and I drove to Indianapolis um, auditioned with a few hundred other people who were all local. They were all from Indy, so they were like, what is this girl doing here from Ohio? It's not that serious. And I was like, it is. I need a job. And um, long story short, it was competition style. So I had to keep driving back to Indianapolis for rounds of competition as it went from a few hundred— to the top ten, yeah. to the top five, and then they announced to me as the winner of that one-year paid contract, and that was kind of how I fell into hosting. It was there that I kind of learned, oh, this is kind of this is reporting to a certain extent, yeah. but the the lifestyle of it and the and the, the fluff and in that content, something felt just a little less hard. Um, so I definitely wasn't a hard news reporter at that point, but I did eventually serve that time too. (laughs) So that was the start of it. And um, so I would say 21 is when I really started to look at hosting as a a viable career option.
2: So With with being in front, in the spotlight um, and interviewing all of the celebrities and being part of that world too, because Mm -hmm. you then insert yourself as someone that looks to for information and all the buzz, how do you maintain a level of privacy, especially in the world of Social media, where you kind of have to—you don't have to, but people— It's encouraged. Yeah, it's encouraged yeah. to share, you know, mm-hmm. a little bit of yourself. It's
1: it's tough sometimes. And what's harder than anything is—I'm an open book, so my issue is not, I don't want to share. I, wa- I value my privacy. I do now. I didn't back in the day. I just didn't care. I was like, whatever. I've learned to— Uh, moderate what I share, because even though I'm okay sharing it and I'm not thinking twice, things are so open to being misconstrued or misunderstood. And you may give the content with one idea about what it means or what it represents or what it doesn't mean, how serious it's not. And then someone can take it and misinterpret it. Someone can take it and pick it apart. You can only get so mad because you put it out into the public sphere, at which point people will do with it what they will. And once it's out there, you can't take it back. So that that's definitely a lesson I've learned, too, is um, just sharing a thing that if it ever blew up and went viral for the wrong reasons, I could mm-hmm. stand behind whatever that thing was I shared. So that's kind of how I moderate, will a thing go online or not? And as far as maintaining privacy, I share less of of my— almost none of my family, honestly, anymore online. And that's not a thing I I consciously did. I just looked up over time and realized I started hesitating more. I think the older you get, the more you value the things that are sacred. You realize what's sacred in your life, first of all. And you value it and you want to protect it. And as my, I guess, profile, whatever you want to call it, has started to grow, I've also started to receive, you know, thoughts on my life and how I live it and what I do. <laughs>
2: nobody asked and, you? Yeah, yeah. And nobody
1: asked on <laughs> nothing. <Yeah>. Like, <laughs> let me just throw up this little selfie and keep it moving. Like, like it or don't. Yeah, you yeah welcome God, all we yeah. need. Um, so I was like, they're not open to that. Like. Right. I'm not open to them being, like, there's no debate about that. I don't want to hear your opinions on Mm -hmm. that, like, meaning, like, whatever haters or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I just protect it. I don't share it as much. I go to Facebook for that stuff. (laughs) Like, everybody else, right? I feel like that's the medium. Like, you'll use Facebook for your albums
3: and family events and sharing with people you went to high school with. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like, I just tagged my mom for the first time on Instagram in a story and I'm oh. the one who made her Instagram account like three <laughs> or four years ago. And I would just not tag her to the point she was like, yo, can I get a tag? Like, what's going on? Can I get a shout like, out? Yeah, again. yeah, <laughs> hi, mommy. Uh, she, she couldn't care less. But it was just, I don't know. I just feel so protective of that stuff. So that I share in limited doses. Uh, my relationship is another big thing where I've started to keep it a little closer to my heart. Like, I've been dating my boyfriend now for, oh, my gosh, we're approaching a year Um in a few weeks here. You which guys is, are so cute. It's <laughs> so random. we <moms laughs> getting together. But then with us, um, we started publicly, right? right? So it's weird. Like our origin story, <laughs> for lack of a better phrase. You're meet cute. Are, <laughs> yes. I feel like so you bizarre. you have
3: to share your origin story. Oh my gosh. Us. So <laughs>
1: We uh, met on E. So I was working at E at the time, and I was single and mingling and living it up. And they just <laughs> yes. Missouri was like hot girl winter summer fall.
2: <laughs> I mean, and like I would come into the office. With I all love my that.
1: shenanigan stories. <laughs> Juliana Rancic and Jason Kennedy were like we want to prank someone. Like they were in this. Um, they were doing a lot of like pranks and like experimenting with stuff on the show. So it was kind of like anything went. And they were like, we want to do a matchmaking segment, but then, like, prank the guy that's on the date. And they're like, ask Zuri. She'll do it. She's done whatever. <laughs> She'll say like, yes. You are right. <laughs> yeah, Correct. <laughs> I volunteer as tribute. So, um, long story short. Not, oh, by the way, I always say that, and then the story's going to be long. <laughs> no, we so, love like it. Mean, we're, we're here for a long story. <laughs> like, tell us more. Not make a thing shorter if for the life. We of don't like need it to be short. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you. So— They reached out—I think it was—there was a producer who was in charge of this. Like, people to this day are like, you knew, didn't you? Or, like, you guys had met, or you would probably, like, talked a little bit before that, right? I, honest to God, never said a word to that man— that wasn't on camera. Like, the oh, first time I'm about to have a panic attack was, like, my <laughs> legit first reaction to seeing him walk through the door. Oh, wow. So yes. I knew who he was because they gave me a heads up. Hey, this is this guy's name. This is where he works. This is what he does. This is who he is. Um, but outside of that, not much. And I didn't think love would come from it because it, we were pranking him. So essentially, um, Juliana and Jason were parked in a creeper van. <laughs> that says legit, like, that TV <laughs> it show. Was like, a white, unmarked van. Oh, my God. I remember seeing it because I didn't know they were in it until we finished. And I was like, what the hell is that van doing there? Like, weirdo. On the grounds. <laughs> like, it wasn't a parking lot. It was a sidewalk where we're in a corporate office. This is out of place. <laughs> yeah, it was really weird. But I was like, whatever. It's you. weird things happen. Like, here, like at this company all the time. We're always doing crazy shoots. Like, and yeah, yeah, so whatever. So they apparently were in that van with a bunch of monitors. Oh and they had an God. earpiece for me. So I. I put it in my ear, and um, Sean, they approached him and were like, we want you to go on this stay with this girl. He says they showed him my Instagram, and he was like, yes, let's <laughs> do it. Like, anytime. <laughs> when and where. Um, so he knew it was like a bachelorette segment, but he thought, oh, it's just televised. Like, Zuri's looking for love. We want to sit her down with a few eligible bachelors. Would you like to be one? He was like, Sure. So he knew it was televised. He sat down and there were like five cameras all around us, but that was it. So he just thought, we'll see how the date goes and that'll be that. They were in my ear secretly with an IFB, a little earpiece, talking me through the entire date and making me do increasingly stupid things. Oh my God. <laughs> so it was like as on site, As soon as I walked up, Jason's like, squeeze his man bun. Oh my God. And I'm like, okay, so Jason clearly is going to be trying to ruin this for me the entire time. She was, like, so in it. Like, they both were, It was so much fun. But, like, Juliana started to be like, wait, they have chemistry. Like, I really like them together. I don't want to ruin this. So she was just trying to, like, get the job done. Like, girl, you got this. Like, whatever. Jason's like, break out into Bohemian Rhapsody. Sing. Oh <laughs> and I'm God. just like, what? He wanted me to, like, we popped a bottle of champagne. And he was like, tell him just like on your wedding night. Say oh it. My God. Say it now. And I think that made the cutting room floor because I ignored him because 10 minutes in, there was clearly like some chemistry between yeah. us. And um I also liked that I was giving him a little bit of crazy and he was like rolling with it because I'm a little bit, bit of crazy, crazy man here. <laughs> so I was like, this is a good testing ground for what he's going to get himself into. Um And then it got weirder and weirder to the point I was like, okay. this yeah, chill, 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 like, chill. Yes. <laughs> so at the end, um, we we did like a dare or something he threw a football they were like tell him to throw the football at the van i was like oh that weird van that's over there i just thought the van was empty and that was a target Threw the football at the van. The door slides open. Juliana and Jason jump out. Jason's in a black trench coat in a fedora with matching sunglasses. <laughs> because he's so extra and he's I really love him into dearly. Us. Yes, he's so into it. And him and G hop out. And Sean is like, what in the actual fuck is going on? Like, I, don't, I knew <laughs> I was <laughs> on a date. It's Who are these people? Why are they in a van? <laughs> what is this man wearing? <laughs> and so then we explain, like, oh, we pranked you, whatever. But— and Jay, you really I know. he
0: was going on a date with like I know, a lovely, But that's why.
1: But here's the thing I felt so bad because we were really hitting it off. And I was like, I, I I like this guy. Like, I would like to actually get to know him. And I didn't want him to think that it was such a joke that, he, that I was that in on it to the point that I wasn't into it. Yeah. So, Jason was like, Would you guys go on a date two? How do you think it went? And Sean was like, Yeah, date two sounds cool. But I was like, I feel like this dude is like processing in his mind like, what is happening? What is real? He's tripping. Yeah. So, um, after it all stopped down, I made a point to like talk to him for a little bit so he could see I'm normal. Like, I'm normal. (laughs) Enough. A little bit. Right. So we talked for, it probably went 15, 20 minutes. A lot of hand touching. And I've scored a one out of like 11 on physical touch. So the <laughs> fact that I'm like even Ooh. like in his space, I'm like, there's something there. So he asked me out and asked me if I'd like to go get dinner without cameras. And I said yes. Mm-hmm. And on a we, real date. Yeah. We went on a real date. It was supposed to be one time. We went out four times that week. And we've just been attached by the hip oh, cool. ever since I love a celebrating hi our one year Annie yes one year Annie coming up we love a love story right Shawn. hi Sean hi Sean there's hope for us no <laughs> yeah we'll go we'll go get everyone match made via Juliana and Jason right. yes it was such Perfect. a we got so many incoming like oh, <laughs> messages text emails can I be next I can, can you do <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the Lord work through <laughs> Juliana and Jason and I know what he can do they are doing God's work <laughs> the segment was a success yeah, yeah
0: oh my god that's too good. we know that well I know that you like to lead by example we like people who want to do walk the walk instead of just kind of like mm-hmm. running their mouth about stuff and you know what are what do you feel like are three main things to like empowering young women because that's a like a big theme mm-hmm. and we're all about like the women I know you're all about women mm-hmm. team like ladies and support so yeah like what are a couple of keys that you have for empowering young women mm-hmm.
1: um And maybe even tell us what alpha babe means to you. Alpha babe is um, sort of the term that I came up with for a woman celebrating her duality. There was this, and what I love is when I first came up with this concept, it was probably five years ago. Mm. And it was at a time where I felt like we were seeing a lot of the filters and the boobs and the butts Mm. on Instagram, which is fine and great. I love a good boob, love a good butt. (laughs) I love a good photo of both, all of it. Like (laughs) truly. Um, But I just felt like, We were overly saturated with that, and those were the images. That was, like, the benchmark for young girls seeing this, and it's no longer, like, I want to be president, or I want to go run a Fortune 500 company, or I want to this or that. It's, like, the goal is get the the plastic surgery that I need to get to get the followers that I need to, like, launch my Instagram hashtag ad career or, like, influencer career, and that's no shade to that stuff. Like, get your money, because I'm a y'all going to see some hashtag ads on my platform, too. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I just felt like there was so much emphasis on that, especially with reality TV. And, like, obviously, certain reality stars kind of set the tone for that, and that becomes, like, the bar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I felt like it was the only one. And I was just like, I just want us to feel like— There's more than one bar, and there's more than one way to success and to celebrate the girls who can celebrate their sexiness, but then also choose to develop themselves intellectually. And I want to be smart and sexy. I can be both, right? Like, it's also, like, what I don't love is, like, even the slut-shaming or the sex-shaming, too. It's like people look at Kim Kardashian, and they're like, oh, she's just hot and shows her boobs or whatever. But it's like, no, she is putting in work now. And, like, you may feel however you feel about her past, whatever, but— she's doing what it takes to prove that she's applying herself and trying Mm -hmm. to develop in certain ways and make change. However you may feel about it. But I I do appreciate examples of duality. And so that's all it was for me. I felt like it was either or. Like if you're smart or successful in a business or a financial or a tech space, then you're nerdy and Mm -hmm. you probably can't dress. And God forbid you have a cute pair of heels in your closet or want to look cute when you show up at the boardroom. Like can we just— do it all can we be all of those things so alpha babe was just my idea of how to celebrate that alpha traditionally is a thing that we were told is bad like alpha women you're never gonna get a man Mm -hmm. I'm extremely alpha girl you need to learn how to follow which is true to a certain extent but you need to follow and no man is gonna deal with all that alpha and this and that and also that we don't want to be held or loved or gentle or feminine Mm -hmm. sometimes you can be alpha and then also still celebrate the babe and the sexy and the beautiful and the stylish parts of you too so it's just about celebrating that duality and that's whatever it is for you you know what I mean like ambition for me is not delegated to only career you may want to be the most bomb housewife and run a dope household and being the captain of that type of ship is the hardest because kids are bad as hell. And <laughs> men don't be acting right half the time, don't even know what's going on in their own house. So, <laughs> it's like, you know what I mean? Like, it all takes work. Yeah. Um, it's just about celebrating being the leader of your life and then also being like, but I still want to be feminine and I want to celebrate that femininity and whatever my sexiness is or, or stylishness is or whatever. I if love that makes that. sense. So. Yes, that's alpha. It makes you know. all the sense. Yeah. <laughs> we we just it. need to live by it now. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I, but that's, oh, I said all that to say that was five years ago. And I feel like the tide is changing, right? Mm-hmm. So, in a way, I'm almost like, I don't feel that the need is as there for it. And I think that's a good thing. Like, I love, I still use the term. Mm-hmm. And like, but at one point, it was what I wanted my entire platform to be about. And that's kind of shifted. And I have some things up my sleeve yeah. that I can't talk about quite yet, but I'm really excited about. Over the last half decade, we've seen more causes and platforms that ask for more movement on the red carpet. I love that as journalists and entertainment news hosts, we're being held accountable and asked or or being encouraged to have more intelligent conversations on those carpets. A lot of times we want to, but the truth is— Numbers don't lie, and people wanna yeah. hear dumb stuff sometimes. <laughs> they wanna read the clickbait. Yeah. I can ask Angelina Jolie about her humanitarian efforts mm-hmm. and what she's doing in Africa, et cetera, et cetera. But if the views spike, when I ask Angelina Jolie about the vial of blood or the kids her neck. or the vial of blood. Yeah. What do you as if we're a business too and we have to, you know, give the people what they want. So it's it's a balancing act. But I like that, you know, the tide is is moving in that direction of women being able to celebrate that duality. And I see it more just across the board and I love it. Um we got a long way to go, but
2: I feel like it's happening. So And something that never changes is some um, financial literacy. I think I think women that's something that even within our organization, we're really big proponents of because where there's money, there's power. Mm-hmm. And the power structures, I think, need to shift so that more women are in positions of power. And in, in a lot of corporations, um, the, the lesson kind of is work in, in part of the business that balances the books or mm-hmm. has access to the books so that you can actually affect change. Right. Um, I want to know about your—I know that you have a big focus on financial literacy, and that's very important to you.
1: Yeah. Tell me more about that. Um, it's important to me because no one told me that it was important, you exactly. know, <laughs>
2: until it was too late. Yeah. I
1: was super well-educated. I went to the best private school in Toledo. I was on a full ride, academic scholarship, all of my high school years. I was on a full ride at Ohio State, academic. Like, I, was a sm- I am a smart woman. Right. And yet still— yeah. I never learned a thing about financial literacy until my credit was in the tank, you know, like it was in the hole. And I didn't even know it was happening until I went to buy a thing and couldn't. And it was like, wait, what? Score who? (laughs) interest rate. Come what now? What's that APR now? It's two digits? What are we talking about? (laughs) And it was, like, too late. I had to spend years digging myself out of that hole, and I feel like we as a a society, our government, our educational system has to do a better job of informing and educating children from an early age on how to save, how to spend, how to use credit to your advantage, right? Because I was also taught from a young age— Cash under the mattress, like the the idea of that, right? Like, keep it where you can see it. Don't trust Mm -hmm. these big banks. But that doesn't work because you will be spit out into a system when you graduate college that is set up to work a certain way. And if you don't know the rules of that game or how to play it, you're screwed. And cash under the mattress is not going
2: to do you very well. It's not not going to help you buy a house. Unless you're doing it 100% in cash.
1: Exactly. And then that's a whole lot of cash just in a big-ass mattress. Exactly. How many mattresses do you have? Exactly. (laughs) A lot of storage. Exactly. Um, So I graduated college and I was working the local news grind after Indy. I was in Dayton and then Dallas. And I wasn't making a lot of money at first. There were part-time hours. It was low pay. I was robbing Peter to pay Paul. Like, I just felt like for every bill I paid, there was another one that popped up. I have come home to my lights off numerous times to the point I didn't even care. Sometimes I'd be like, they're just going to have to turn this off. I'll pay that in a week and just light these candles because, you know, that's where I was. Uh, Payday loans. Like, I've done cash advances when I was younger because I was never taught— Just how awful those things are, how negatively they impact your credit score, the ridiculously high interest rates, and that you shouldn't expect that. If you don't know what an APR should look like, if you don't know what's a reasonable interest rate, when someone says, oh, 25% interest, and you can have this 100 or $200, bucks, you are like, cool. Cool.
2: (laughs) That's ridiculous. Yes,
1: exactly. But I'd never been trained to think I should never be getting a loan with that sort of exorbitant interest rate. Unless I have to, and and I did, because life was a little hard sometimes with the jobs and stuff, but I just wish that someone had done a better job in the school systems of teaching me that. And then when it came time, it was when I was in Dallas, and I was getting my first car, like my first big girl car, and I was buying it pre-owned, and— I realized what my credit score was, how low it had fallen, and that not only could I not get any car that I really wanted because of the interest rate and how ridiculous it was, the interest rate was still ridiculous. So I almost had to, like, settle for a car and still pay this crazy high interest rate on a car I wasn't even excited about because I couldn't afford anything else because I shot myself in the foot. And then— it took me three or four years to rebuild my credit and completely in the dark. Like, I was blind. I was calling creditors, trying to explain, oh, I paid that. Like, there were t- for me, more than anything, I'm just scatterbrained. Like, I, this is how I am. So, like, I would have a bill for, like, 50 bucks, $60 or something, like a cell phone bill or something, and just forget to pay it, put it off to where it would go late. And then I didn't even realize this at the time, which seems so silly and simple to not realize— that will go into default. Even if you don't pay it, it exists still. You can run from it and ignore it and know in the back of your mind, oh, I have to pay that thing. They will come looking for you. They'll find you. Sis, they'll find you. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> like, look, open your window right now. They're, They're there. there. <laughs> like in that the, white van. Exactly, in the white van. Jason Kennedy is about to have out with a fedora and a church coat. No, I'm just kidding. But that's what it was. So it started circling back around. I was getting these letters. Sometimes I would pay stuff off. And still, the the credit, the loan sharks, whatever you call them, wouldn't have gotten the memo. Mm. And so mm. it was becoming unfair. It was like, I'm paying this stuff off, and paperwork is being lost in the sauce, or you're not applying it to, to my um, credit report. And so I don't know what else to do, and I feel like my hands are tied. And then—this is going to sound like an ad, and it's not, but they really need to run me my check because I talk about them all the time— <laughs> Credit karma saved my entire, like, credit life, my financial life. I don't even know how I stumbled into it. It was at the time when even getting your credit score, right? Back in the day, it was like pulling teeth. Mm -hmm. You were like, okay, I can pull it, what was it, one good time from each major credit bureau— Before I take a hit to my credit, it is insane to me, absurd, that I can't have access to my score more than once a year from a bureau without being punished for accessing (laughs) my score. it's supposed to be
2: good, and you're supposed to stay on top of it.
1: Exactly. But that's so bizarre to me. And so that was a part of my fear. is like, my credit's already trashed. I don't want to look it up one more time than I have to. So you're kind of just flying blind. And so when Credit Karma came on the scene or I got hip to it, I was like, oh, I can actually look at my score on a consistent Mm -hmm. basis oh, they have all of Anything that's in collections, I can see that. I can file a dispute online easily instead of writing these old-school, archaic Uh. letters, mailing them off to God knows who and hoping they get there, which is what I was doing. And so I was able to single-handedly turn my score around in a matter of months, honestly. And within a year, we was good. Now we bought, like, we living (laughs) now. Like, who who need a loan? I got you. We got this. Yes. And it is frustrating to me because it was so easy to do once the reason Resources were there and I did the work to learn. And there are people who are living in poverty who are living below means that they could live with if they just had the tools. I just mm-hmm. one super, I get so worked up about yeah. this super we quick story. Like no. And no, then I'm, I'm done part with it. Of- I, I had I was employing um like a, a housekeeper, like a freelance to like clean my spot. And like, you know, sometimes we'll talk, we'll like catch up before she comes in or before she goes out. And Over the weeks, I've noticed she was getting progressively more and more just, like, she seemed depressed. She seemed down. One day, she walked in my house. All I said was, are you okay? And she started bawling. You know how you're just so on edge Mm -hmm. that someone even just seeing it just triggers you and you're just out. So I, like, sat her down on the couch, poured the wine. I was like, okay, cleaning session canceled. Like, what is (laughs) happening? Right. And so we're talking, and she's like, I don't know what to do. I moved out to California with my kids and a car packed with my belongings, and I was staying with my sister. Long story short, she won't let me stay with her anymore. I have been staying at a hotel now, paying crazy amounts of money. Mm. I think a motel even, maybe, but money she couldn't afford, and they were about to kick her out because she was overdue on her motel bill. Mm -hmm. And she was like, my kids— they need shoes. My My baby boy is playing basketball. He wants to be on the team. It's like, do I get him the sneakers he needs to be a part of this activity he deserves to be a part of? Or do I pay the motel or try to get another day or two out of them? Mm. And so she got to the point where they were like, you have to go. So they were going to evict her. And I was like, well, what, what about just like a lower income, like housing situation or like rent? And she was like, my credit score is mm. so bad. I can't afford to get an apartment. No one will rent to me. And she was like, and I don't understand what—like, I'm about to cry thinking about it. She was so frustrated because she's like, I don't understand what to do. And so it's like, how can I save my money when I can't afford to because I'm in a motel? I can't do the cheaper option all because, oh, because of this score that no one ever taught her how to work. And so I was like, can you do a, open up a credit card? Like, And I said it with hesitation because I didn't know what it was. And she was like— I definitely can't get a credit card. I was like, you need to get a secured card. And I'm like, essentially, you get a card. You need $200, whatever. We can do 200 bucks. So this is how you rebuild your credit. You put $200 on that card, and then every month— you pay a few things and you pay it off immediately with that $200, right? So you're essentially, it's kind of like a debit card, but it's your way of over the, those months mm-hmm. showing someone, I can swipe something and pay it back. Like you can trust me to pay it back. And then eventually your score goes up. And she was like, okay, great. I don't have $200. And I'm like, oh Lord. <laughs> so then I was like, I will give you the $200 to like put on the card. Don't worry about it. Just like promise me that that's what it'll go to, and we get So I gave her the 200 She got the card. She sent me a photo of the card. I was like, okay, so also, credit lesson. Don't send pictures of your credit card (laughs) via text message. It was so sweet, but I'm like, this is, we're working. We're getting there. One step at a time. One step at a time. So I had the credit card number, and I was like, that's great. Do your thing. Like, I can't wait to check in with you on it. So after three months, she stopped. She was so busy, had so much going on. She wasn't like cleaning my house anymore. So we were just catching up via text and stuff. And she texted me like six months later and she sent me this long message. And she was like, Zuri, thank you so much. Not just that $200, but the knowledge you gave me with that secured card. My score went up. My kids and I are moving into an apartment now oh that I can actually God. afford. And I can't wait to have a job where i can afford to buy a house or a condo like the ones i used to clean and it's all because i can finally get on track financially and credit wise in a way that i wouldn't have before because i just had no idea how so thank you and that just touched my heart so much because it took 20 minutes on a couch yeah. and 200 dollars to change this woman's life and her children's life yeah. therefore and their comfort And it shouldn't have taken me or $200. Like, that's Mm -hmm. a thing that you should graduate knowing. So that's why I get really passionate about it. And y'all should go to (laughs) creditkarma.com. Yo, I put my hairstylist on. His credit score went up like 200 points. He rolled up in a new bins or something. I was (laughs) like, okay, (gasps) you just out here starting wallet Exactly. But it's like, it's such an easy way to manage credit. And that's how it should be.
2: Facts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Credit is so important. Yeah. And I find— for me, when I first got into university, like, the day one, I got they gave me all the credit cards.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, you apply.
2: Yep. There's, like, a moment where you applied all the credit me cards. Me, too. They give you the free yeah. shirt. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, I'll take the shirt. Sure, I'll take the credit. Card. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 I can buy my own shirts now. But then I'm like, oh, but you didn't tell me I have to pay them every month. Right.
1: Isn't that crazy <laughs> that you're like—you don't ask those questions. Yeah, no. Like, oh, but oh. you want this
2: money back? Sorry, what? All I'm like, I'm like, I do is swipe. Right. <laughs> right. Oh. And like, who what about, like— when you're in high school and they, you're doing calculus, you're maybe calculus isn't going to work for you, and they're just like, okay, well, then don't worry about math. Oh, Okay, well, maybe not calculus, but how about we'll do credit?
1: Right. How about, how about how functional about math? Yeah. yeah. Functional know?
2: math. There you know? it is. Something that works for, like, households. Yeah. yeah. Or just you. Yeah. Yeah. It's so important.
1: Yeah. It's like, I get it. I love—I'm a humanities person, so I love social studies. I love history. I love all these things. But I don't know the last time someone held a gun to my head and asked me to name all of the presidents of the United <laughs> States of America, and you'll get this $10,000 check. But <laughs> people—like, money and my credit and how I manage it comes up on a daily basis based yeah. on what I'm trying to do with my life. Exactly. So it's like, can we just teach some stuff that can actually be applied to our everyday lives?
3: Now back to your day-to-day. We feel like with Access Hollywood, it can be so tough because there is such a fine line like we touched on between journalism and celebrity gossip. So how do you maintain your integrity as a reporter?
1: I just—I won't ask anything I'm not proud of. I won't ask anything that's uncomfortable Um, for me personally. My job is to ask uncomfortable questions because people want answers. And a part of journalism especially is holding people accountable. So just because you don't want to answer the question doesn't mean it's not news. Mm -hmm. And I can't try to get it. So I hate those moments. They're cringy because it's scary. Like I don't ever want to make someone pissed off or uncomfortable, and I've done that before. But it's my job. When it comes to gossipy and tabloidy, honestly— I take a lot of pride in being at a place at Access Hollywood specifically, where I don't have to worry about that. I don't have to stress about that because we really have a great set of talent, of executives, of producers who pride themselves on the relationships that they have with the celebrities in our industry. And so we're not just doing lip service. We're not just going to, you know, we're going to cover the news and cover what's happening fairly. But I don't find myself asking as many of the salacious questions or the juicy stuff that feels inappropriate. Appropriate, Like, what I'll never do— Like, we definitely, as an industry, have learned a lesson of, like, when it comes to women and their bodies and fertility, right, it's just—it's not for discussion. No. If, if they want to lead that conversation or bring that up, or if that's what we're there to talk about, 100%. But there was a time when that was a big mm-hmm. question. W- when are you guys going to try for babies? When are you guys yeah. going to—you know, you've been married for a year. Like, Mm-mm. is it time to start popping them out? Or are we excited? And it's like you, you might say it in— you know, innocently. Yeah. You do in real life, too. And I think we're just all learning as a society that, like, secretly, we women go through so much, so many different private pains, and you never know what a woman's going through, what she's trying to do or, or make happen for herself, and maybe it isn't. So, like, those are questions that I steer away from. Yeah. Unless I'm there specifically to talk about that. Yeah. Um, I'll talk about your babies. Like, if, you, if you're if posting them on Instagram or you're sharing them publicly, like, that's kind of my rule of thumb. If, yes. it's, if it's public, if you're sharing it, back to what I was saying earlier about me and my public versus private life, mm-hmm. then it's fair game to totally. bring up. You right. can totally shut me down or say, you know, I actually don't really want to talk too much about it, but it's fair for me to bring up because yeah. you have put that into the public sphere. And that's kind of how I navigate it. And then I don't—I'm not really into, like, all the— gossipy stuff anyway. So I don't I don't even know the last time I had to ask anything too too crazy Got in it. that way. You know It's nice that your network
3: too isn't like pushing yeah for you to And that's important. Cause I feel like there are a lot of circumstances and situations where the network is like do you want your job? Like you're going to ask 100%. them that.
1: 100%. And it's just—you get filled with a sense of dread. It's not exciting to talk to someone at that point. No. Because you know that you're about to, like, go in for the kill. Mm. You're that you person. You got to get it. You are that them. person. You know? And it's like, okay—and it's also like, okay, maybe I get the answer that one time, and then they're not going to talk to me or my outlet for the next year. That happens all the time. I, I could list—I will not list, but I could list, like— at least 5 celebrities easily that have at one point blacklisted a place I've worked for <laughs> but that can be said for everyone so it's yeah. not it's not exclusive the, something can piss someone off and they just had a bad day and you just were on the the receiving end of it so that can that's for everyone um but it happens i'm just mm. saying like celebs they can be like you know what we're going to put them on a timeout or that we're not <laughs> we're not engaging with them mm-hmm. for Cut a certain them. amount of time you're and on ice yeah, and so we don't we don't like kiss up. Like we're going to ask you questions that are fair. You can be mad if you want to, but there have been times when envelopes have gotten pushed a little bit or someone's been uncomfortable just in my industry in general. Mm-hmm. I'm just talking always holistically now. And yeah, celebs are like, "Nah, I'm good." And our industry has changed because it used to be that our outlets were the only way to reach your fans, right? Mm-hmm. Like you had to watch Entertainment Tonight, E News, Access Hollywood, TMZ, whatever. But now with the rise of social media, you are in control of your narrative. You can do whatever PR spin you want. You Mm -hmm. used to have to invite media out and then they would promote your product. Now that still happens. We still do all of that. But now if I'm Lady Gaga and I have 20 million followers, I don't need um, all (laughs) of the local news to come out and talk about it. It would be great and I'd love it, but I'm just going to post to my little monsters (laughs) and they're going to buy this product. And that's (laughs) going to be the end of that. Say no more. (laughs) It it changes things a little bit.
2: Do you find it hard with With other outlets like TMZ and all of the other ones that move really, really quickly. Mm -hmm. So maybe don't have the same producer process uh, to go through to compete.
1: I don't know that it's hard to compete. It's just a question at a certain point of who are we as a company and what do we stand for and what lines will we not cross? And I'll just be honest in saying Some people are willing to cross lines that I am proud to say my company will not in in certain Mm -hmm. ways, you know. And I take a lot of pride in that. I operate with a lot of personal integrity in my day-to-day life. And it's important to me as I get older to make sure that everything I do aligns with my core values. And that includes who I work for and how I do my job. And so, yeah, we're not going to do that. We're not the type to— rush a story just to get it up which there is so much pressure to do that because yes. you do want to be first. Mm-hmm. That's how you retain audiences, you know? That's why people love them or hate them. TMZ has the, the viewers and the followers because they get to it first and sometimes they'll put it out there even it's when they shouldn't. When it's yeah. not accurate either. When it's, either. Not, when it's yeah. not accurate.
2: The Kobe Bryant situation yeah. like, oh my yeah. God a clear example.
1: Exactly. Like those are lives. But yeah. I'm
2: not going to lie What that I was on Twitter like watching it unfold yeah. because mm-hmm. I... I feel you're like, like there's so much about information about I yeah, and to know. Yeah, you're getting it in
1: real time. Right. But it's like you get the, the fake news with the real stuff. You don't know how to decipher. And then there is this temptation if someone else puts it up, okay, we got to get something out there. Because right. we look slow, and I don't mean we specifically, my show, just in general, those traditional media outlets who do play by the fair game rules and the checks and balances of news— we were competing with, like, this this rule system that some people now, they don't care, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think that goes across the board. Like, with online, it's just, like, such a wild, wild west. So, it's it's a tough line, but we we definitely do our checks and our balances, and we won't put a story out until we know it's true. We source it. We prefer multiple sources, at Mm. least two, um, or a trusted source, you know what I mean? But sometimes you'll have people putting up stories off of hearsay or gossip. Like, even with the Kobe thing, there were... Quite a few times when I was watching credible outlets tweet a thing that later proved itself to be completely untrue about the way the story was developing. Yeah, you could tweet that to be a part of the conversation right now, but I just—that's indicative of a bigger issue. I'm like, we all are just talking to talk. Like, everyone feels such pressure to be a part of every conversation— you don't have to say something about everything. I'd rather you just mm-hmm. wait and speak when there's something to be said. And oh, God forbid legend. your words <laughs> actually hold more weight than like what's, what <laughs> yes, so.
3: you know? I feel like that is an appropriate note to end on. Speak when there is something that actually has to be said, not to just hear your own voice or see your own headline. Zuri. Thank you so much thank for sitting you. down with thank us. You, we you. appreciate you and we love your energy. Oh, we'll nice. definitely have to do a reunion.
1: Yes. Love is Blind season yes. two. Oh my God. I think it, it, it uh, could we, be coming. We can coming. do an, an after show podcast. Yes. yes. Oh my God. Yes. Drink
3: all and the wine. And yes. after is
1: blind. for sure. Yes. I all feel old. like
3: we could get some great bits from that too. I Gold. You want
0: to put us in a group chat for the next yeah. Love is Blind? We're all going to be like, it's the we'll go off. We'll all be like,
3: Episode one. Episode one. (laughs) Friends, you can find Zuri at Zuri Hall, Z U R I H A L L on the gram. Mm -hmm.
2: Thank you.
3: Thanks, everyone.
2: Thank you. Kiss it, great. Oh, kiss it. Thanks so much for listening. If you love this episode, you can follow us online at C O C O A N D C O W E. Subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It seriously helps, and we would be so grateful.